Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Leadership DJs podcast as part of the presidential series of Leadership Insights. Um, there may not be a more important leadership concept and maybe one that has been more rehearsed in the literature and in discussions about leadership than one word, credibility. Um, I guess we could look at credibility as how we achieve trust and belief from others in us as a leader. And it's really a primary and necessary condition to achieve supportership. We've had discussions about these um, topics before, supportership and others, and we'll include them in uh, a links in the description below. But in order to kind of evaluate leadership as a mission critical leadership concept and something that all leaders must possess, we're going to examine credibility by examining George Washington. Dan, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, why you think George Washington is illustrates key lessons from credibility and what we can hope to glean from those examples. I think first and foremost, let me say something um, with this presidential series and anytime we look at historical figures, um, for their example, uh, for um, leadership lessons. This is not to imply that any figure historically is infallible um, or perfect. Um, obviously, there are things that uh, are about Washington or anybody else from the 1770s and 1780s and 1790s that we would find odd or distasteful or, or flat out inappropriate to us today. Nevertheless, uh, we believe that there are still things that we can glean, things that we can extrapolate, things we can learn uh, from these, these figures. And that certainly, I think, is the case with, with George Washington. Um, let's talk about a couple examples. First and foremost, so we know he was General Washington, uh, 1775, 1783, um, during the Revolutionary War. And, and the truth of the matter is... Um, he, in some ways, he wasn't the greatest general, uh, and, and certainly he he had his struggles, and and that was a difficult and challenging uh, war. The the Revolutionary War was, but here's what's probably most impressive and why he's got credibility. Um, the end of the war, 1783. What does Washington do? Well, symbolically and literally, right? He gives his sword to. Congress. He retires. He gets this military victory and then says, I'm done. I'm out. This is a Republican, small r, form of government where military authority defers to civilian authority. And I've got to demonstrate that. That is one of the key tenets of uh, Republican forms of government. And I've got to model that. So he says, I'm done. I retire. History is replete with examples, um, uh, Cromwell, uh, Lenin, you know, whomever, who they, the Napoleon, they gain military victory and they're saying, well, that's it, I'm in charge. Uh, Washington refuses to do that. And in fact, no less a figure than King George III hears about this and says, well, if Washington does that, if he really follows through with that and gives up power now, he's the greatest man in the world. Think about that, King George III, who just lost to the revolutionaries and to General Washington says, if he does that now, he's the greatest man in the world. Well, there was always this tension 
by the way, you'll notice I didn't wait for your response. I'm just going through it anyway, because I've, I've got to share this. Follow so, the passion, uh, man. Follow yeah, the passion. So um, Washington, um, there was always this tension between the, the army, the Continental Army and Congress, because the Continental Army was always, always suffering and, and in want of supplies, in want of men, right? In want of food in cases. Think of, of, of Valley Forge, et cetera. Um, arms, uh, other thing. And, and Congress, for, for a, a variety of reasons, either couldn't send it or refused to send these things, didn't have the resources that, that the army needed to be successful. Well, it, it, it's the, the war is effectively over in 1781. But in 1783 in Newburgh, New York, there was going to be this meeting of these officers in the army that were essentially going to march on Congress and stage a coup and take over and say, no, we're sick of this. Well, Washington, of course, understands, again, in a republic, military authority defers to civilian authority. So Washington decides to attend this meeting in Newburgh, New York. And I, I love this story. He gets up and he's got this speech planned. Right. He writes a speech out and in it, he, in this speech, he talks about how, look, I've never left your side. I've been with you this whole time, which is all true, by the way, and speaks to his credibility. But he gets up and how's this for, for good political theater? He gets up and he wasn't really known to wear glasses, spectacles called at the time. But he gets up and he, he says, you'll permit me to per uh, you'll forgive me for putting these on something to this effect. He says, not only have I gone gray in your service, I started to go blind. And the reports are that some of these officers, knowing that this is true, started to weep. And of course, after a speech, he just leaves again, understanding how to how to master a moment. Right. He, he leaves. And, and of course, they, they decide not to, to stage his coup because they respect Washington so much. Um, and, and that to me is why you, if you're going to have a conversation about something as foundational, a leadership topic as credibility. And, and this is a presidential series. There are lots of people you can choose from, but George Washington, his biggest strength, I believe, was his credibility and the the the, the trust that that people had in him, and that that's why we pick Washington. Well, there's no doubt that when you think about those uh, those real experiences, I don't want to call them stories; I'll call them experiences that they have. They carry the power of credibility with them, even in the retelling today, X amount of hundreds of years later. Mm -hmm. uh, and Dan, it's probably, let me just kind of ask this question. It's probably safe to say that when um, credibility isn't, this is going to sound so obvious, but you'll understand when I ask the question, credibility can't be feigned. Mm -hmm. And on some level, it also can't be manufactured, right? So for the folks that are listening to this and are really identifying with the power of his example and, and how that relates to credibility as inspiring support from other people, what advice do you have for folks as it relates to credibility as a concept and what you've just shared with uh, George Washington? I, I think it's good that you point out that it can't be manufactured and it certainly can't be feigned, but it is something that has to be, you have to be conscious of, and it has to be something that you work at. I think it is so foundational to leadership and, and so foundational, as you pointed out, to gaining supportership. Without it, you're, you're not going to get supportership. One of the things that I like to share with people is this idea of being trustworthy 
with their supporters. And, and, and the problem is when I say the word trustworthy, a lot of people immediately go to honest. And, and, and certainly someone who's not honest is not likely to be trustworthy, nor are they likely to have credibility. But I, I like to say, no, really what we're saying here is, are you worthy? If you're going to be trustworthy, are you worthy of supporters' trust? Because mm-hmm. this is something, their trust and all the positives that are associated with that is something that they get to volunteer, as we've talked about before. They get to choose whether they give that to you or not. So are you worthy of it? Well, the studies on trust are, are, are pretty clear. If, if I, as a potential supporter, am going to trustworthy, uh, trust you, and, and that's something I'm go- going to volunteer to you, there are three primary areas. And, 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 and for simplicity's sake, I like the acronym AIM. In other words, AIM to be trustworthy, AIM to be credible. The first, the A is ability. Um, you, you've you've got to know what you're doing, and 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 um, George Washington, as a general and and as an administrator, as a leader, certainly had ability that that people were people were impressed with. But for modern leaders today, do you know what you're talking about? Do you know the business? Do you know the organization? Do you know the roles and the tasks that your people? are involved with. And if you don't, learn it and, and show them that you are trying to learn it, right? There's got to be some competence there or else no one's going to want to follow you. The I is for integrity. That is, is there consistency between your espoused values, what you claim to be about, and your behavior? And then the M is uh, motivations. And what I mean by that is, what are your intentions towards people? Um, so leaders, when you are... Uh, uh, initiating a change, when you're proposing something, when you're giving someone critical feedback, do they trust that the reason that you're doing it is because you care so deeply about them and you care so deeply about the cause? Well, in Washington's case, there was no question uh, about either of those. People knew that he was committed to the cause uh, of the United States of America, to this this um, fledgling uh, republic. Yeah, that's great advice. And for... And for um... For folks that are listening, as it relates to these things, one of the things that you covered was intentions. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it sounds to me that um, one of the things that Washington really had going from for him was a holistic alignment in his intentions between what he believed, what he valued, and what he did, and how he related to people, uh, kind of all combined. Um, so. You know, for some of us in um, situations where we operate in circumstances where maybe we don't have that holistic thing, but credibility is still important. I, I think what I would say to folks is just be really mindful of uh, it is possible to take unconscious or subconscious intentions and get your arms around them mm-hmm. and be able to kind of implement practices where your intentions become more clear and you actually can line up your values and what you choose to do. It just, it reminds me of that famous study in Princeton in their uh, divinity school where they had people study the, a life of service and then told them they're 10 minutes late and they started rushing past all the people who were mm-hmm. sick or who needed help. And the end yeah. of the, the end of that study was to say, um, you know, look at this divergence of intentions yeah. and credibility comes when you live the intentions that you espouse. Yep. And so it's best for us to be mindful of that. So, Dan, just great discussion. Um, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap? You just mentioned that that sort of um, entirety of the person. And, and, and again, Washington is, is the model for that. He was um, 
fastidious about being integrated and who he was as a politician, as a, a general, uh, behind closed doors that mattered to him. He, he there was this this sense of of urgency, and um, he was compelled to live to be seen and to actually try to live this life of moral probity. Probity, so no one could ever say anything negative about his character and about who he was. I, I love it. I love the discussion. I love what you shared because um, as it relates to credibility, it is so foundationally important. And yet, as you describe how you build it, it comes at a great cost. This isn't something that you just stumble upon. It is built over time and sometimes through painful change. Um, and what a great, powerful uh, leadership lesson for us. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks, Dan, for uh, always bringing the heat and the power. Um, we have included in the description some links of discussions that we've had previously and other things that are related to what we've covered here with uh, George Washington. Um, you know, maybe something that we've learned from this discussion about credibility. George Washington is the face of the dollar bill. And yet, if you're credible, money can't buy your love. Okay. Be good, everybody. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Okay. I'm Dan, just Dan, over and over, I would look at that just for fun. And Dan, you look too young to have lived back then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm flattered, young man.